been getting money, DMX like Been in these streets since BMX box I just do it in a pair of 3M check knocks Why not? That's who I'm trying to see them checks like I'm who you dream of being fresh like Put holes through your fly shit, leave them distressed like We'll be rich forever, we invest right You know he's doing more if you see him less, right? Still remember being meth nice You never that night, you're being left right Well, my mama, she was in my DM left right Thick ass thighs, I was in between them next night Oh man, you see him stressed right? You didn't think I would be impressed, right? Bitch ass niggas get PMS, right? Now you bleeding, screaming for the EMS, like Cut that shit, cut that shit. Oh my God, this is a jam-packed, hell of a day, hell of a day. Ladies and gentlemen, it's King Known Uncensored, the new shit. Oh man. (laughs) Boy, we're going to get to that Terrence Mann story, man, because that was some of the most incredible basketball that I've ever seen. Some of the most incredible confidence that I've ever seen in a very long time. Because, you know, the last time I seen a nigga be this confident was uh, 2017. And (laughs) you know who that was. (laughs) But anyway. Wow. We got a big night. Huge night for basketball, bro. This was huge. This was a very, very, very big, giant fucking night, man, for everyone involved. But (laughs) I'm sorry about the music. It's going to be a delay on that. But, yo, (laughs) man, y'all remember, um, I think, what year was that? I think that was 2019. Yeah, 2019 it was. And, you know, the three-team trade went down when it, when Kyrie went to Brooklyn, Kimball Walker went to Boston, and Terry Rozier went to um, the Hornets. And so everybody was saying that, oh, yeah, Kimba's a better fit than Kyrie. Oh, oh Kimba uh, carried them, you know, to the conference finals. Y'all was saying this stupid shit, right? Oh, man. Now, if you look at just solely the numbers, you would say that Kimball Walker's numbers were were good in in Boston, I guess. But those numbers were meaningless because when it came down to when it's time to like throw down and such, Kimball Walker was nowhere to be found. 
Kimball Walker was on a milk carton. Kim Brick Lamar. Brick don't kill my vibe. 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 Yep, that's his theme song right there. Brick don't kill my vibe because shit. That nigga was throwing up more bricks than fresh. I need 10 bricks. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness, man. Y'all just sat there and said all these ignorant ass things about Kyrie Irving. Saying how much better Kimbrick Lamar was better than Kyrie. A lot of y'all motherfuckers, man, are ignorant. Which leads to the main story of the day, right? This is some of the best news that I got. Some more good news, man. So Kimba Walker was traded to the um, Oklahoma City Thunder for Moses Brown, who was a standout. By the way, Moses Brown, sleep if you want to, my nigga. That motherfucker was a problem during the regular season. I'm trying to tell y'all. Moses Brown going to help Boston. And then Al Horford came along in the deal as well. And then there was an exchange of picks between particular teams or whatever. And yeah, man. Wow. Brad Stevens first order of business as the team president, right? Was to trade Kimba Walker. I mean, Walker was beloved by his teammates. That's very true. It's no shade on that, but he didn't do shit. Him and Kyrie made the same impact. If not, Kyrie's impact was bigger. There's no doubt about that. A lot, it's a lot of racist Boston fans hating ass, you know, a certain group of standboy fanboys who talked down on Kyrie because he left. That was coming up with this dumb narrative that. Kimball was better than Kyrie. Which, nah, not in your life. But now that that narrative is dead because they just traded him to the Oklahoma City. Wow. Now, don't get me wrong. OKC might be bad now, but in two years, these motherfuckers are going to be a top team in the West. You want to know why? Because they have 36 picks with it for the next seven years, y'all. 18 first round picks and 18 second round picks for the next seven years. Shit. Who going to say no when OKC offers you five first round picks 
for a superstar. Listen, the only person I would say no to giving up is probably Steph Curry, um, Kawhi Leonard, um, and that's probably about it, really. I mean, everybody else, they can get gave up for five picks. I'd give up Joker <laughs> for five first round picks, okay? No disrespect, but that's just how I how I'm rocking. That's how I'm feeling right now. I'd give up Giannis for five picks. Yeah, I said it. Nigga, what? I wouldn't give up Kevin Durant for five first round picks. No. That's another player that I would say, hell no. But everybody else, yes, LeBron. I would give LeBron up for five picks in a heartbeat. I get that motherfucker up for one pick. God damn it, god damn it. But this is crazy. 36 first round. 36. No. 18 first round picks. Are you kidding me right now? Sam Presti not only deserves. That nigga needs a ownership. That nigga needs a, a stake in the ownership. That nigga did a hell of a job. Now, within the next few drafts, they could cash in on a future superstar in the draft and a few and, and a future superstar free agent. Or a restricted free agent for that matter. But anyway, right? Let's move on to New Music Fridays, y'all. It's New Music Fridays. Are y'all happy about this? Because, man, I'm going to (laughs) give... You know how the Breakfast Club has the donkey of the day? Bruh. Somebody... Is getting a dose of Kwame Brown's mama's cooking. I swear to God. Goldlink dropped his third album. I don't even remember what that bullshit was called. What the fuck is it called? It's some weird ass name. Haram. I don't even know what the fuck that means. Nor do I care after listening to this piece of shit. Goldlink is a rapper that I view as halfway decent. A new age rapper that's halfway decent. Um, At what cost? I believe that was his debut album. I think that it was very close to that C word. It was close to being a classic because that album was really fucking good. And his second album, uh, what was Goldlink's second album called? Uh, Goldlink is a rapper from uh, Washington, D.C. Who, you know, he's most known for the hit record Crew that features Shy Glizzy and Brent Fias, who I view as an overrated artist, but no disrespect. No disrespect intended. There's lots of people that like this that like this kid. He can sing. I give him that, but his songs don't really be about shit. 
Just keeping it a buck. But yeah. So, let me check. What's Gold Link's second album here? Diaspora. Diaspora. Right, right. That was a pretty good project, too. Diaspora. That was a good album. But, Haram. This shit is complete garbage. I mean, garbage. For a lot of reasons. All we wanted really was eight more versions of Crew. You know, four love songs, a Go Go DC tribute, and a Wale feature. And we got four crews, three UK drill songs in a row. This nigga literally wave righted that project and then he's tried to do the uh manipulation of his voice trying to act like he's Kendrick Lamar that motherfucker really tried it it's like dude that's not you now I can understand when an artist tries to experiment with different styles that has happened before and um that tactic doesn't necessarily work for everybody sometimes you actually have to look in the mirror and say okay maybe one uk drill song but three and he did and then you didn't even have skepta on the album you didn't have a a posthumous fucking (laughs) pop smoke verse at least Just like everybody else did. Right? So. Then there was this 90s house record on there. I mean, that was a cool, that was a cool risk, but it didn't work. So I was hella disappointed in Gold Link. It is, I rated it the second lowest rated album this year. It's fucking garbage. I was very generous of giving it a C plus. Very generous. Because it had a few good records on there, but not too many. Probably about three out of like the 15 that I heard was good. But anyway, let's move on to Gucci Mane. He released uh, a project called Ice Daddy. And let me tell you something, y'all. I was very fucking entertained. I'm not the biggest Gucci fan in the world. I thought old Gucci sucked ass. I'm not going to front. I never liked any of his albums. I liked his singles and a couple of songs from his albums. But I was never the biggest Gucci Mane fan. But as of the last maybe six or seven years ever since he dropped that record talking about his children or something i forgot the name of that song fuck ever since then gucci man's been on fire and let me tell you something this gucci album is solid 
It's not the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I was impressed and I was entertained the entire time with the production, especially. I mean, this dude dug up Mike Will made it. This nigga ain't made no beats in a long ass time, but I heard that nigga's name all over most of the project. And I was definitely impressed with Ice Dad. Pause, but you already know what time it is. Let's move on to the Migos Deluxe. Yeah, the Migos Deluxe of Culture 3. All of those songs are fucking crazy. They were fucking fire. I couldn't pick which record was the best. Because all of them were so fucking good. Definitely impressed by the deluxe version of Culture 3. Let's move on to the lady of the hour. Miss Gabriella. Miss her. Yes, yes, yes. Her released the perfect album today. I know, I know, I know. I normally don't call things perfect. I normally grade on a curve, but this is damn near, this is an A+. I gave it an A+, y'all. I'm giving it away. This album was fucking phenomenal. Really phenomenal. There's nothing more that I could say. Like, every song was good on this motherfucker. There wasn't a whack song on here. There wasn't even an average song on here. All of these songs were great to excellent. But Back of My Mind by her is probably one of the better R&B debut albums that I've ever heard, period. Like, the highlights is the whole fucking album. I love the sound. I love the songs. I love the singing. I love the riffs. I love the breaks. I love the beats. This is the fucking part. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to say that it's one of the greatest R&B albums ever. It will be one day, but that album is just, I don't know. It's just a fuck out of here, dude. Like, I don't think I'm going to ever, I don't think I'm going to hear a better album in 2021. That's how confident that I am about this album. The features were great. There's nothing more really I could say right now, man. Because I was like blown the fuck away by her. Blown the fuck away. This shit was nothing short of amazing. But um, Kyrie Irving is not going to play game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks. So he'll still be missing time. Let me see. Let's get to it. 
Ain't nothing to it but to do it. Let's get to the basketball. Let's get to the interesting games here. Um, the Brooklyn Nets ended up losing to the Milwaukee Bucks as the um, Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks are tied at 3-3. Three to three. Chris Middleton had the best game of his career in this game. In a desperation game six to save the series. I mean, Giannis Antipo Negro was amazing. 12 of 20, 30 points, 17 rebounds. But Chris Middleton had a double-double, 38 and 10, 5 assists and 5 steals. Drew Holiday had 21 points and 8 rebounds. The rest of the team was idle as those three were the main scorers. Kevin Durant poured on 32 points and 11 rebounds, but no one else. I mean, Harden had a better game. He shot five of nine, and he says that his hamstring is better. But it sure didn't look good when you ended up losing 89 to 104. That's that's unacceptable. The Nets got to play better because they're not they're not going to be. They're going to be without Kyrie Irving. They said that he's a little bit behind, meaning that he's going to need a a, a few more games to get better, and Brooklyn needs to close them out. Now, if Brooklyn loses, it's not really on KD, you know? It's going to be on the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be on the GM of the Nets. You threw that fucking team together you threw that super team together and the basketball gods made you pay for it now Milwaukee is a different story this is a a game that's going to affect Giannis's legacy and this is a a chance to save Mike Budenholzer's job And let me think. And it's, like I said, this is a chance. Like, they have tried with this team for all these years and have come up nothing but short. They have come nothing but short. It comes down to the point where you say, keep Giannis, keep his brother. And trade everyone else. If the Bucks do not get it done. I knew that both. I mean I thought that the uh, Jazz and Clippers were going to go 7. Not going to lie. I knew the Bucks and Nets were going to go 7. In general. Even if they had the big 3. So. Let's move on here. Let's move on here to tonight's games. Oh my God, ho. 
The Philadelphia 76ers hung on to keep their season alive. And this game was competitive. It was back and forth. Momentum was shifting. The Hawks had a chance to upset the 76ers, but were unable to close them out as everyone on the Sixers did their job except, of course, Ben Simmons, who only had six points, man. It's time for this dude to go. They really don't need him. I mean, Joel Embiid, 22 points, 13 rebounds. That's a walk in the park for him. Tobias Harris was big for them. 24 points. Tyrese Maxey, that nigga. I was very high on him. If you listen to the draft show, right? If you listen, if you go all the way back to one of my earlier episodes talking about the draft, I was very high on Tyrese Maxey. And I had said that the Philadelphia 76ers had got a steal. What did I give the Sixers for that grade? Yep, I gave them an A- minus for drafting Tyrese Maxey. He was big for them. He had 16 points off the bench and 7 rebounds. The rookie from Kentucky, man. My God. He was on fire. But Ice Trader Gang, 34 points, 12 assists. Clint Capella, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Kevin Herter had 17 points and 11 rebounds. But it meant absolutely nothing because they did not win. It was a little skirmish between Joel Embiid and John Collins. Like, I understand. You know, Col- you know Embiid landed on Collins' leg when he w- went down. And I guess he just pushed Embiid and it was an altercation. It was good to see fighting and basketball again. At least a little skirmish. But Philadelphia ended up closing out the game on top. And we will see Game 7, I believe, on Sunday? But... Here we go again. The game of the night. The Utah Jazz and the Clippers. I was sitting here watching the game and shit, right? I thought it was over. I thought Utah had this game on lock. They had a 25-point lead. They had led um, 75-50. to All of a sudden, a new playoff hero emerges out of the blue. You remember Matthew Dellavedova was the hero because he was guarding Steph Hart? Terrence Mann had stepped in to fill in for Kawhi Leonard and he ended up doing what Kawhi Leonard would do. He would guard the other team's best player and score multitudes of points. This kid is fucking amazing. And it's great. And this is making Tyron Lue looking look like a great coach because he is smart. He's smarter than what we give him credit for because he called it. Rudy Gobert It's not going to step out there and guard the three-point line. So what we do is we start a bunch of forwards and guards 
at the four and the five. So they started Terrence Mann at four and Marcus Morris at five. You know, of course, while starting Reggie Jackson, Paul George, who also was phenomenal as well. And Nicholas Batum. So, Reggie Jackson had 27 points and 10 assists. I just want to just send a special fuck you to Reggie Jackson for never having any of these type of games for us. Just a just a big fuck you from a Detroit Piston fan. You did good tonight. I give you credit, but just fuck you, dog. Fuck Reggie Blackson, man. Fuck him, man. Fuck you, dog. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. But anyway, Paul George had 28 points, 9 rebounds, and 7 assists. But Terrence, man, was the fucking man. 7 of 10 from 3. 15 of 21 from the field. 39 points. This kid had confidence from the jump. I was just, like, praising this dude. Like, when he got his first bucket, I was like, okay, Rook. This man done dunked on Rudy Gobert twice in the series. The defensive player of the year in quotation marks. I had thought that Drew Holiday was the defensive player of the year. And it's looking like I become more right as Rudy Gobert got exposed. His, he, I mean, obviously, we know he's a center and we know he's slow and we know that he lacks perimeter defense. But... Gobert was they were leaving Terrence Mann wide open and according to his Clippers teammates this is a kid that shows up at the gym early and leaves late and he's working on his game all the time and Paul George and shout out to Paul George Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris and all those guys that put confidence in that young man to have the breakout game. This is what the NBA playoffs are all about. No cheating, no rigging, no butt kissing, just letting the stars come alive. And the Los Angeles Clippers ended up beating the Utah Jazz 131 to 119 after trailing 75 to 50 at one point. This is one of the greatest games that I've ever seen. And this is the second time that I've seen the Clippers come back from down X amount of points. Because this, is, this isn't this is the first time that they've done this. When Chris Paul was a member of the Clippers, they had come, down, come back from down 29 to beat the Memphis Grizzlies. That is also one of the top 10 games that I've ever seen. And This could be just outside my top 10 favorite games. Maybe top 15 or some shit like that. But who else did well? Nicholas Batum had 16 points. He hit some big shots. Pat Bev at the end of the game. He was clutch. Pat Bev was clutch, y'all. Shout out to Patrick Beverly, though. He hit some big shots down the stretch. And he was magnificent. And he was defending Donovan Mitchell well. Shout out to Donovan Mitchell, though. He hit some jump shots and some buckets that were out of control. 
Mitchell on a bum ankle had 39 points, 9 rebounds, and 9 assists. Shout out to Royce O'Neal. He hit some big shots too. He was 8 of 12 on 4 of 6 shooting from 3. He had 21 points and 10 rebounds. Rudy Gobert. I don't know what Quinn Snyder was thinking. Quinn Snyder got exposed. He was my candidate for coach of the year. And he let me down as well. Like all of the candidates that I had for coach of the year, all of the all the people that I had, you know, like Quinn Snyder, Joel Embiid for MVP, they all have let me down. Seriously. Quinn Snyder's coaching got exposed tonight too. Ty Lue outcoached Quinn Snyder tonight. How in the fuck there is nobody in the Clippers starting lineup bigger than 6'9". And you don't run the pick and roll with Bear. Now I understand that you might be trading threes for twos. I can dig it. But you might have, you know, you could live with Terrence Mann having 39 points. Just not Paul George and Terrence Mann having 39 points. But you had seven foot Gobert, seven foot three. You're not running pick and rolls. I'm running pick and rolls the whole time. And where is Rudy Gobert calling for the fucking ball? Shaq would have had a field day on these niggas. Chuck would have had a field day on these niggas. Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan. Nigga, Todd McCullough would have had a field day. Like, if I'm a coach and I see all these little niggas in the game, you either match up with them or you use your big man to an advantage to the point where the Clippers would have to insert Avisa Zubak or DeMarcus Cousin. Rudy Gobert should have more than 12 points. It was just that Donovan Mitchell and the other guys were trying to do too much. Instead of doing things that made sense. And Jordan Clarkson, he had a big second quarter. This man had 21 points, but was held scoreless the second half. Meaning that 21 point quarter don't mean shit. Despite the effort. But that was a very phenomenal game. And I appreciate. I appreciate. The NBA. A lot more. This is the a Clippers team going to the conference finals without their best player. And hopefully Terrence Mann gives us more magic. You, you see my nigga Ibaka over there looking like Schoolboy Q and that bucket hat and that that looked like some, some shit that Schoolboy Q would wear. But yeah, man. Mitchell is not to blame for this loss. I blame Quinn Snyder and Rudy Gobert for not having aggression. But the Utah Jazz as an entire team had a meltdown I didn't think that was gonna happen I thought once it got to 25 it was over with but of course they took a Kawhi-less Clippers for granted and it was just very disappointing 
And I know Donovan Mitchell's got to be pissed. This man, you know, I don't know. I think he definitely got to have surgery on that ankle. And I hope he recovers from that. Spider had a great series. The Utah Jazz had a great season. But, time and time again, if I'm Utah, I'm going after another star to go with Donovan Mitchell. Even if that means sacrificing Rudy Gobert. I said it. I said it. I would be, I would try to get something on the wing. I mean, I like Royce O'Neal, but, um, I would, I would rather have him come off the bench. I'd keep him. I would try to trade Bogdanovich. No disrespect. Bogdanovich is a good player. But, you know, you got to trade a group of players to get a star. So, yeah. That was a hell of a game, hell of a series. But, land of the eliminated Utah. And oh yeah, man, I get another win. I'm I'm above 500, y'all. Hopefully Philly and Brooklyn handle their business so that I can go undefeated in this round. So the Clippers will play the Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns. That's going to be a hell of a series and a very interesting one because both teams are without star players. Phoenix is without Chris Paul. The Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard. Both guys have the same impact on their team. May the best man win. That's all I'm going to tell you. May the fucking best man win. I know I've ran a little bit longer, but I wanted to talk about this game and the, the, um, the breakdown of the series and... It was back and forth until the end. And this is what I mean by real champions. Because Brooklyn, they weren't real champions tonight. Because of the simple fact that you got to close out your opponent. The Clipper, That's why the Clippers didn't fuck around tonight. They weren't fucking around. They were not going to give Utah a chance to go back to Utah and have even a shot of winning a playoff game here. Brooklyn got too complacent of getting cocky of thinking that, oh, man, we're going to go back to Brooklyn and we're going to win. No, Milwaukee's going to fight their way out that series. And you're going to see the difference. But anyway, that's my show. This is King Known Uncensored. Oh, man. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> I'm out.